Welcome back to the Keep Looking Up podcast. It's your host, Caroline Craddock. It's hard to believe we're already like 10 days into August. I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around that. I don't know where the summer went, but I'm sure everyone feels like that. And now school's starting again for everyone. So I'm sure everyone's busy, busy wrapping up summer and getting ready for a new season. As am I. This summer has been really good. But it's also been just having this this 10 year anniversary of my dad's passing has been, you know, it's it's bittersweet. Um, it's been wonderful connecting on all of these podcasts, talking with all of my dad's people in his life that he really cared about. And it's a beautiful gift that really does keep on giving. But I'm not gonna lie, it's it's painful to go there. And um I just felt a little emotionally drained after this month. It's just, you know, it's like when, when a normal person's parent dies 10 years later, you might have like a dinner for your family. You might think about them and, you know, honor them in some way, but this is, you know, it's not what I'm dealing with. is not normal. It's like, I'm having to interview people. I'm having to try to be professional. I'm having to try to keep my emotions intact so that I can get through all this while still honoring all the feelings that I'm having. So I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little relieved it's over. We have a party this weekend um, just for friends and family in Dallas to celebrate my dad. Um, again, not a normal thing, but another not normal thing about my dad is his legacy has continued in such a way where it's still living and breathing. And that's something I've talked about in all these episodes is when this anniversary was approaching. I always knew I wanted to do something that would honor the show and honor kids, kids and honor everyone that my dad's worked with. And I didn't want it to be a sad event. So we're doing a roast and toast. So we're going to roast him like he's there (laughs) talking about what he's missed in the last decade, all that fun stuff. So that will be a good kind of bow for the present of the summer, I guess, just wrapping everything up. I feel like I've had so much self-growth in the last year, especially. Um, This is all very symbolic for me of just leaving a lot of this grief that I have and guilt and um, unfinished business in the past because it's not suiting me anymore. It's crazy. And I don't like to talk about weight that much because I feel like a lot of influencers get on a soapbox who have absolutely zero knowledge of what they're talking about. And I don't want to be another person adding to that because I have had lots of like weird disordered eating habits in the past. So it's not my jam to get on here and try to tell anybody what I'm doing. But I will say having dealt with some of the grief that I kind of was putting to the side to kind of just move on with my life. I think moving out of Dallas has made me seen a lot of the things that I was doing that I wasn't really aware of. So now that I've been dealing with this grief and this like guilt, um, and all like, like in the things unsaid, like I said, the weight has been falling off of me. I have lost 40 pounds since January and I've had some help. I'm doing some other things, but just getting my mental, uh, state, right. I feel like I'm leaving a lot of this weight behind as well. And it feels really good. It feels really good to leave all that stuff that's not serving me in the past. And so I thought it was very 
ample timing that we were doing the four agreements book today because they talk about kind of all the things that I'm feeling. And like I said, it was my dad's favorite book. So I want to go ahead and get into it. I'm not going to ramble. I already have my points all listed out. So I like to do these um, book clubs, like I said, because of Kelly not having read the book in a while and it's still resonating with her. Even if you guys don't read the books that we talk about on book club, I like to give a little bit of a summary so you know what's going on. And then I also like to give my takeaways. So even if you don't read it, you might still have something that resonates with you that you can take and it may make you want to read the book. So um, The Four Agreements is written by Don Miguel Ruiz and he was a surgeon and an author out of Mexico. And then he had a near-death experience. He almost died in a car accident and it really shifted his entire life. And he kind of moved from science and being a doctor to spirituality and studying that. And part of that journey for him, he studied the Toltec culture, which is a Mexican culture that was really considered a really wise um, group of people with kind of spiritual warriors, which sounds counterintuitive, but I can see where he's coming from. And so he studied these people and he came to these four agreements that he thinks that we should be living life by. And the four agreements are as follows. Be impeccable with your word. Number two is don't take anything personally, which is one the one that Kelly Raspberry remembered. Number three would be don't make assumptions. And number four is always do your best. So those four, it's like, okay, but let's dive a little bit deeper into those. So the be impeccable with your word one really, really, really struck a chord with me. It always kind of has. Um, And it obviously means do what you say and say what you mean. But I don't think that this always just relates to others being impeccable with your word to others. It also means being impeccable with your word to yourself. And when I say that, that Ed Milet quote that I talk about literally constantly that I need to just get tattooed on my body is confidence is made by keeping promises to yourself. So that came up for me as I was rereading this. And it also includes being impeccable with your word means not disparaging others, not gossiping. And that one is, that one's really important that I think everyone indulges in. And I, I do, I totally do as well. And I never feel better when I gossip. And then there's also that mindset of if you are gossiping with someone, they're talking about someone else and you're kind of feeding into it. And then you start to wonder, well, are they talking this way about me? And am I being judged like this? And then you start to not trust the other person. And that's a way of like not being impeccable with your word if you're spreading gossip. Um, and that one's tough because it's tough to look at yourself and be like, oh God, I really, I don't need to do that as much. And I don't need to judge others and all of that. So I think being impeccable with your word is one that we can always be working on. And watching the negative self-talk is in that same boat with being impeccable with your word. Um, what he explains is like, our mind is like a garden and it's a very fertile garden. So anything that we plant there will grow pretty instantly. So if we have one negative thought in our head about ourselves, 
it will be very, very easy for that to grow and spread. And then we have a garden full of bullshit. And that is not what we want. We want a garden full of beautiful flowers and positive words, right? So that's one that's really hard to work on, but definitely a good reminder. Um, number two with don't take anything personally. So this was very interesting to me because he stated it in a way that I haven't heard before. He considers personal importance, the ultimate form of selfishness. So when you're taking other people's words personally, you kind of form an agreement with those words and then they influence your beliefs and then they influence your actions. And we shouldn't even take sometimes our own voices in our head personally, because our brain is always working on all cylinders. And sometimes like sometimes our brain doesn't know what they're talking about and you have to be like, that's valid, but no. Um, and then listening to all these conflicting thoughts from others, from ourselves, that just leads to chaos and confusion. And by letting go of the need to be right, that's when we can embrace our happiness and our freedom. But I just think it's interesting that you said that personal importance was the ultimate form of self selfishness. So thinking that you have to take whatever someone is saying personally, like that's kind of a selfish act. And that makes it really where you don't want to do it. Cause then it's like, well, no, that has, that probably has nothing to do with me. And that's uh, where don't make assumptions come in as well. Because we are always seeing the world through a different lens as everyone else. We all have different upbringings, experiences, positions in life. So it'd be really naive to believe that you know exactly what that person is saying. You know exactly what their intention is um, because you don't know what lens they're looking at this situation with. They could have all of this personal experience that they're leading with that you have no idea about. And then you're taking all of it personally and then you're making assumptions about where they're coming from. And, um, Dr. Ruiz says the best way to clear all this stuff up is just to ask questions and put it out there. And that reminded me of the Brene Brown quote that I have really implemented in my life lately, which clear is kind. And we talked about people pleasing a little bit with Kelly Raspberry and it can be for people pleasers or people who just don't want to rock the boat. It can be a lot easier sometimes to tell people what you think they want to hear. So you don't ruffle any feathers, but even like, even when it comes to something like dating, um, if you're seeing someone, you're not really into it and then you don't want to hurt their feelings or put them down. So you just ghost them when in reality it is a lot easier for the person who's being ghosted just to hear like, Hey, it wasn't a match. I wish you the best. Goodbye. Instead of breadcrumbing someone, ghosting someone. So you think there's a chance. Um, that's not, that's less kind than just being direct. And it gets all complicated because you think you're being nicer by not having to say this, what you think would be a mean thing, but it's a lot meaner to be acting like you're still interested in someone when you're not. So that I really liked. And I'm working on that clear as kind thing. And if you're a recovering people pleaser like me, you might feel that. So I really liked that part of um, what he was saying. 
And then number four, always do your best. And obviously that one seems like a no brainer, but it doesn't just mean with your projects at work or your performance or being the best mother that you can be. It means being very intentional with your life and walking through the door when you come home from work and not carrying everything from work with you, having a clean slate, hugging your partner, being a good listener, little things that I think we, we kind of forget because we're so focused on the big picture and trying to accomplish our next goal that we let those little things slide. And life is about the little things, like I always say. So if we're just focused on that next big career milestone or life milestone, we're missing out on being an impeccable person in those really small moments and like helping your neighbor, having a conversation with a stranger, you know, those kind of things. So that kind of, because that can just seem so broad, like always do your best. Okay. But when I'm doing the little things, like being very intentional, checking up on friends who need it, that's when I feel the most accomplished. Like those big moments don't happen that often. So I think that's, that's a good reminder. Also another takeaway I had are there are three ways to break your old agreements and live with the new ones that you choose yourself. Because, um, part of what he talks about is we, we all have these agreements in our head that were kind of made for us because of how we were socialized as children. And we continue to take those agreements with us that weren't even given to us by ourselves. Like we didn't pick our schools. We weren't picking our family. We weren't picking our language. We have all these beliefs that may not even be aligned with who we are. And we continue to live our lives that way. So we have all these old agreements that we have, and that may be, you're not good enough, or you have to always stay in the same city that you grew up in, whatever it is. Um, so he has three tips on how to break those. So number one, he said, start noticing the beliefs that you have, which are based on fear and make you unhappy. We all have those. Our attention has been turned on those since we were kids and we really couldn't do anything to develop them because we didn't have the tools, but it's kind of time to grow and pick those apart. So some of us may not even be aware of what our old agreements are and the best way just to start changing those or to just start noticing the ones that you have and fear is huge and start to think about what, what would I do if fear was not a thing and where would my life be if I hadn't been too afraid to make that decision. And then number two would be to learn to forgive the people who hurt you most of all yourself. And the Toltecs called this the parasite in your mind, which is like a fight or, you know, you missed you missed your plane, um, traffic on the way to work, whatever it is, whatever causes negative emotions can lead to a downward spiral. And then your day is ruined. And the best way to rectify that is just forgive yourself and everyone involved. And that will let you move on instantly. I think something that I have noticed about myself is I have been that person where if I have if I one thing go wrong, it's like, well, what else can happen today? And then you're just going to live your day looking for bad things to happen to you. And this is a great way to nip that in the bud. Just say, okay, I'm just going to forgive myself for being late. I'm going to forgive that asshole in traffic that cut me off that made me even more late. And let's move on. Have a great day. And I think forgiveness for everyone involved is very, very freeing. And then number three, he said, remember that each day could be your last to stay in the present. And 
how that just means like he, he gets a little woo woo with this, but it's like the initiation of death really brings clarity to people. So then it's like, how do you want to live? Do you really want to let the opinion of others decide how you're living your life? And then every, when you, when you say things like that to yourself, everything seems so small. Like if I really was alive this one day, am I going to let, um, that asshole's opinion on Twitter get to me? And the answer is no. So I think this is a great book. I think you guys should read it if you haven't. It's a quick read. It does get a little woo woo with like at the beginning, but if you can get through that, um, I think the four agreements are really important and can really help shape you. And they definitely did my dad too, because, um, my dad was very impeccable with his word, which I will give him even more kudos for because the only thing that really keeps me from being impeccable with my word sometimes is my ADHD because I will commit to something when I'm too overwhelmed and then I really don't have time to do it. And that's when I really beat myself up. And I think that's a learned skill too. Like, like Kelly and I talked about too, getting better about saying no and then being intentional when you're saying yes. But my dad would always follow through. And that really was a beautiful thing about him as much as he had going on and his ADHD was worse than mine. Um, so knowing all that he had going on, the fact that he would still show up and do what he said was very indicative of his character. And I think that was something that he got from this book. So it really can shape you. Um, for next month, we're going to shake it up a bit. This is one of my favorite books of all time, and it's not a self-help book. It's not labeled as a self-help book. It's a memoir, but just by studying the person who is talking about her life, it is a version of self-help because you hear what she's saying. You see the life that she's led. You're hearing her stories and you want to be her and you want to be a better person. And it's Dear Molly. It's Molly Shannon's book. I would highly recommend reading it, but if you can listen to it on Audible because hearing her voice, there's so many hilarious, hilarious moments, but there's so many moments. She has had a crazy, crazy life and she has had a lot of adversity in her life and she has taken it in such stride and turned it into humor and just to hear how far she's come and she can still have moments where you hear the pain in her voice and you you are taken back to when she's going through these moments and you can tell it is very very painful for her and she will be making you cry in one breath and then laughing in the next. So I think that is like we were just saying, like not letting that one thing ruin your whole day or ruin your life. I mean, she's been through so much. It could have prohibited her from ever having like a functioning life. And not only did she function, she thrived. She paved the way for female comedians in so many ways. None of what she went through was in vain. And I think if you've been through anything in life, you will totally, totally resonate with that. How many times can I say resonate in one podcast? I need to look up some freaking synonyms for resonate. Y'all. But anyway, um, I'm super, super stoked for that one. And if you are not a newsletter subscriber to my newsletter, I'm doing some giveaways coming up. I am partnering with this really amazing athletic brand to do. She sent me these tennis dresses. They're incredible. I'll tell you guys all about it in the newsletter. I'm doing giveaway for that. And then we're going to do a giveaway for the book since I want you guys to read it. So go to my website, carolinecraddock.com and you can sign up there. And I do a lot of giveaways and inside information on my newsletter. So you definitely want to join. 
Um, I'm working on doing some mini episodes for y'all because I will be traveling the next couple weeks. Uh, like I said, I'll be in Dallas, um, for the party. And then I'm staying in Dallas for a few days because I fly from Dallas to Cabo to go to my best friend, Jack's joined bachelor party. If my life if I have not been waiting for this moment my entire life, I don't know what I have. Like the fact that I get to go with my best friend from college and his partner with all of their bestie girls and gays to Cabo on a bachelor party. Like what, what else could I ask for? I am so excited. So, um, I'm doing some mini episodes. I just put on Instagram that I would love y'all's input on topics. Um, a big one that you guys wanted to hear a lot about was friendship. So I'm definitely going to cover that. Um, but let me know what else you want me to cover for these mini episodes. And I'm looking forward to talking to y'all next week. I love you guys. Have a great week. Keep looking up because that's where it all is. I'm just gonna get Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and rate. Keep looking up anywhere you stream your podcasts. And to stay up to date on all my latest episodes, you can follow at KLU Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or on my website at carolinecraddick.com. And always remember, keep looking up because that's where it all is.